0: Right, shall I start again? (laughs) Sorry. So I was saying, most unusually, I've chosen to preach on the epistle for uh, uh, for today, and um, we're saying that I sometimes struggle, as you might, with some of Paul's more difficult texts and ideas. Where he has many run-on sentences that pile into clause upon clause until in one instance in the epistles we have a single sentence with about 272 words in it. The gospel readings usually have more drama and more human interest, Um, and uh, certainly there was a lot to make of those parables that we heard this morning. But over the past few days, I have been reading this wonderful prayer that Paul wrote for the church at Ephesus, and it's so inspiring and so moving that I have chosen it to preach on today. Imagine for a minute, if you can, Paul in his prison cell writing this letter. It certainly wouldn't have been a pleasant place to be, Perhaps no more than a single shaft of sunlight pierced the crack in the wall and penetrated the gloom. All was darkness, and by all human measures, Paul's condition was bleak and conducive to dark despair. And yet, even in this dire situation, Paul writes this wonderful text, a prayer And a song of praise and a benediction so lyrical that it lifts our hearts and makes us want to sing or shout or dance. Paul begins by reminding the Ephesians that God is the father of all, the one who reconciles all things in Christ. This God has already broken down the wall that divides Jews from Gentiles and his gracious plan extends to all people. He calls and equips and sends the church on a mission to the whole world. Paul tells the Ephesians that he is praying for them. He does not pray that they will be healthy and safe. He does not pray that they will be successful and wealthy. He does not pray that they will be able to find a way to stand up to the political forces in the Roman Empire. (coughs) He does not pray that they will be free from persecution. No, he prays for strength by the Spirit to bring Christ more fully into their hearts. He prays that they may receive power, not political power, not worldly clout, but the power to bring the values of the kingdom to pagan Ephesus. He prays that they may receive power to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, so that through this glorious knowledge they may be filled to the brim with God's own fullness. Paul wants the Ephesians to know what this feels like. He wants them to know how God's love can so fill their hearts that it feels as if their hearts would burst. Paul, in this dark and dangerous place in which he finds himself, inspires generations of Christians, inspires us reading his words thousands of years later, as he gives all the glory to the one who can do not only what we ask, but even more than we could imagine. Do you feel this, I wonder? The challenge for many people today is finding a God who is big enough to embrace the world and close enough to fill their inner emptiness. Sometimes it seems that we who are followers of Christ and members of his church have lost sight of Paul's vision of the great and gracious God revealed in the history of Israel and in the life and death of resurrection of Jesus. Many of us do have a God that is too small and distant. I think it was J.B. Phillips who wrote a book called Your God is Too Small, some time ago now. The God we have substituted is limited, narrow, and tame. We try to contain God within the structures of our practices and liturgies to make God predictable, safe and boring. And we don't use our prophetic voices to give out the message to the poor and suffering people of the world that our faith is about an entirely new and saving order of things. We don't leave time and silence for listening to God, as though we believe that God could have anything interesting or crucial to say to us. God can seem remote and passive, not close enough to nourish and sustain us and empower us. We can feel overwhelmed by change and threatened emptiness. And in order to fill this emptiness, we make ourselves constantly busy and look all the time for new things to satisfy. We fill our lives with noise, with drink, with busyness, money, overeating, and our energy is sat, but our hearts are alarmingly empty. Today, more than ever, I suspect, we are living with such threatening change and a feeling of dislocation from a world that we once knew was safe and comfortable. Our world and its people are threatened by the growth of populism and the rise of strong leaders regardless of their values or concern for the common good. We are living with a disregard for truth and a reluctance to face the consequences of our actions on the climate and the environment. We are dealing with the vast movements of people around the world so that we are rubbing shoulders with people who see and experience the world very differently to us. We are constantly online, or worry that we're not, and we can get the feeling that technological change is leaving us behind. And as well as that, we worry that the greater volume of information doesn't always lead to deeper wisdom and richer relationships. Our vulnerability to change sometimes overwhelms us, and when it does, a small and distant God can't help. Thankfully, our reading from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians is here to inspire us today. Paul did not despair over how small the light in his cell was because he took joy in how large was the ultimate source of that light. St. Paul reminds us that we don't have a small and distant God. The real God revealed to us through the history of Israel and in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus is magnificent, mysterious, almighty. The real God is vast beyond our understanding, wonderful beyond our imagining. God encompasses everything past, present, future, near and far, what we have discovered and what remains hidden. God is above and beyond, among and within, high and holy, close and compassionate. Paul prayed that we would know the breadth and length and height and depth of love. And it includes everything and everyone. It fills every shadowy corner of our hearts and the universe with hope. To know such love is to be possessed by the fullness of God. And we are filled by God's love so that the reconciliation which has been accomplished through Jesus might become the experience of the world. As a result of loving Christ, we carry into, that world, into the world that love which is the embracing fullness of God in Christ. The prayer simply and compellingly invites us to realize how much God loves us, to experience God surrounding, encompassing, and holding us with love. And it promises us that God will keep us and fill us when we are empty, make us strong when we are weak, and keep us rooted and grounded when everything is changing. And this is what worship and service and fellowship and the whole life of the church is about. This divine love is not knowledge gained by private study, but love learned in the fellowship of the church. In this community, we learn the love of Christ. Both Christ's love for us and what it means to love Christ and others, including every family on earth. The readings that we heard from the gospel, the parables that Jesus told, remind us of that treasure, of that wonderful treasure, the treasure of the kingdom, Jesus revealing the kingdom to us and what this kingdom is like. And in a moment, we will come to share communion together, share the bread and wine together. And when we eat the bread and drink the cup, when we share in the Lord's Supper, We taste in the miracle of the meal, the real redemptive presence of Christ in our broken world. And we move into trust in the person of Jesus. We move from self-destructive foolishness to life receiving sustenance. And it is when we draw near with faith and receive Christ as the bread of life that he will live in our hearts And through that indwelling as individuals and congregations, we become living sacraments to share God's love in the world. I invite you, when you go home, to take your Bible and read again this wonderful prayer of Paul's. Reflect on how compassionate and loving our God is. Ask God to thrill you again with a sense of wonder and majesty, to fill you with God's own life, and to show you all you can comprehend comprehend about the wide embrace of divine love. Receive God's strength so that you may live faithfully and joyfully in these challenging times of change. Open yourself to God's fullness so that the once empty places in you may overflow with abundance and glory. We have a vast and loving and powerful God who is at work within us and is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. So let us finish with a prayer. Vast and loving God, give us minds filled with thoughts of your bright glory, hearts overflowing with the joy of your love, and wills strengthened by your tender power, so that we may live in the world with confidence and compassion. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. I shall stand now to declare our faith in the word.